Uh, I'm going to ask I'm going to ask you a couple questions during this whole message that I just kind of want you to think about some of these questions. Um, I want you to ask what's changed recently in my life, and and maybe maybe this thing that's changed in your life it, it's daunting, it's it's not really attractive, it's it's inconvenient. And and I want the second question that I want to ask you today is is how are you responding to it? How are you responding to it? Because the way you respond will determine what God does in you, through you, and in the world around you. Let's, uh, I want to look at Mary first this morning. And, and starting in Luke one twenty six, it says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledge to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary, Mary was greatly troubled at, at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And, and so if you look at the scripture right there, you have to understand Mary's not afraid of the angel. She's afraid of what he said. Why? Because Mary knows exactly what kind of greeting this is. She knows when an angel shows up on the doorsteps and says, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. She knows things are about to get ugly. <laughs> she knows the Old Testament really well, too. Uh, she knows in the Old Testament, for instance, Abraham, he received a similar kind of message, a similar kind of greeting. The Lord, when the Lord said to him, I want you to leave the land you are familiar with, everything you've always known, everything you take comfort in, and, and, and I want you to, to go to a land. But I'm not going to tell you where this land is, but I want you to go there. And, and, I'll, sh- and I'll show you when you get there. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, this is like the ultimate road trip. Like, we're just getting in the car and going, except they didn't have cars then. So, um, But can you imagine that Abraham just leaves everything behind? There's no Taco Bell. There's, there's no golden arches, right? A, a road full of peril. And, and God says, I'm not even going to tell you where you're going. Uh, and I'll tell you when, when you get there. And I wonder if, if Abraham originated the phrase, are we there yet? I mean, I mean, think about it. He, he says, I'm going to take you away. And, and, I, and I'm not going to tell you where we're going. Same thing happened to Moses, right? Moses was enjoying his life, right? The angel gave him a similar greeting. And, and God says, I want you to leave this area of safety and, and, and security and, and normalcy. And, and I want you to go and take my children out of bondage in Egypt to a land I will show you. He says, he says, the, he says, and, and he, he says, and, and, and one could probably forgive Moses if he says this, if he said, but I like it here, God, I, you know, there's, I have three good meals a day and, 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 and I met this great family and, and, and man, and, and they're taking care of me. And man, if you could just do that burning bush thing, like once a month, dude, that's all the entertainment I need really. And, <laughs> and, 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 and Moses says, says, I'm happy here. No one would be like, We'd be like, that's all right, Moses. And, and what about when Gideon received that kind of greeting as well? But when Gideon received that message, he talked back to the angel of the Lord. The, the angel said, greedant, valiant warrior, the Lord is with you. If you read in Judges chapter 6, it's Gideon's like, no, no, no. What are you doing? He's like, um, he's like, get away from me right now. What are you doing? He's like, I'm not a warrior. I'm a, I'm a farmer. And, and where have you been the last seven years when the Midianites have been coming down and, and impoverishing the land of Israel? 
I know what this means, angel. I know what this greeting means. You want to use me to lead the armies when I'm a farmer against the Midianites. They'll kill us. Go get somebody else. I'm just saying Mary knows the Old Testament. She knows what kind of greeting this is. And, and she's thinking, this greeting couldn't have come at a worse time in my life. I mean, how old do you think Mary is at this point? In my research, and I was uh, doing some research on this message, she's probably about 13 years old at this point. And, and there are three things right now you need to know about a Jewish relationship. Stage one, it's the engagement stage, which is arranged by the family. And I know for some of you guys, this like completely horrifies you. Your, your, mom, and, um, your mom and dads would just, you know, who, if your mom and dad were to decide who you would marry. But let me remind you of this. The divorce rate is so much less in Eastern culture than it is in the West because the Eastern culture knows something that the West does not. That love can be an act of the will. You can actually choose to love somebody. It's not just that ooey-gooey emotional stuff, right? And you're like, you say, how can that be? Well, God chooses to love you, and I'm sure he doesn't feel like doing that all the time. <laughs> Stage... Stage two, two, the betrothal. It's that one year to test the honor and integrity of the relationship. And stage three, the wedding, the celebration of the families, right? Typically, the age of engagement is around age 13 to, to about 15. And historians tell us something else. There's, there's something else about Mary. Historians tell us that Mary was part of the, the Anawim community. It's a word that means poverty, and people that live in the Anawim community, which can be traced all the way back um, before uh, Hebrew exile, if you live in this community, there are five characteristics of normally that people of, of, are in this community. Number one, you're financially deprived. You have no money, which explains why when Mary, she has the baby Jesus, she takes him to the temple to, to dedicate him. And she doesn't bring a lamb that is normally required. She brings pigeons and turtle doves which is only acceptable in cases of extreme poverty. Mary's poor. Number two, separate, um, separated from, a, from family at a young age. Uh, did you notice in the Christmas story, when Mary receives word from the angel, she doesn't run and tell her mom and dad like most of us would, right? She only, she's only 13. She goes to a distant relative, Elizabeth. Chances are Mary is an orphan. Her mom and dad are long gone and out of the picture. Number three, Typically, young Anawim girls spent their time around the temple. Because if you spend time around the temple, you would hear the hope and encouragement that comes from it. She would hear the stories of the Old Testament. And, and she would hear them over and over again. And that's why I believe she understood this greeting so well. Number four, she re, um, number four they regularly poured out their requests before God. Because they didn't have anything. So their prayers became so famous because they're rich from, from times of crying out to God in, in deep times of need. You find Anawim prayers in throughout the Old and New Testament. Number five, they sang songs that became famous uh, about the humble state in, in which they existed. And, and their prayers to God helped them. And, and their songs of prayer are recorded all throughout the Bible. Psalm 149, the Lord crowns the humble with salvation. Luke 148 says, For God has been mindful of the humble state of a servant. I want you to put yourself in Mary's shoes for just a moment. She's poor. She's hungry. She's parentless. She has very little hope. 
She spends most of her time around the temple, hoping uh, that she can take refuge when it's cold outside, hoping someone will take her in. And then one day, we don't really know how it happens because the Bible doesn't really explain it. Maybe Joseph's on his way to the temple and he, he, hop, he happens to pass Mary and maybe he winked at her or did one of these, you know. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, don't, I wasn't there. The Bible doesn't, I, mean, I don't know. So it's like, and then it was like, boom, it just happens. We're, we're never told. And, 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 and all of a sudden, Mary and Joseph are engaged to be married. And for Mary, this was the difference between life and death. Because the lifespan of most Jewish Anoim girls is not that long. Poverty, hungry, hunger, and finally death. But now Joseph, with Joseph, everything changes. She can start dreaming about a wedding. Something to, someone to take care of her. Put food on her table. To, to give her a warm bed to sleep in. She can start, start dreaming and, and having, about having children and, and a family of her own. All the things Jewish girls dream about. It's true now that it's true now. Joseph's not rich, but but he's a respectable man. He owns his own business, a, a carpentry a carpentry shop over in Nazareth. He's highly respected. Mary's not only Mary's not only welcome in her own home, but every home in Nazareth now. She's going to have one big extended family. Can, can you imagine how pleased and happy she is? Somehow Joseph fell in love, and and, and they've gotten engaged, and it's all good now. And just as, as, as it looks like she's getting her head out of the water, just, just as she sees the light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not an oncoming train, the light of an angel appears and says, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And, and probably in Mary, in her mind, she's thinking, Whoa, wait a minute, angel. No thanks. Where were you last week when I was scrounging around for food? When, when I was cold and... and, and and needed a warm place to sleep. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't need you now. I've got Joseph. And I'm and and I'm assuming Joseph is an answer to, to a prayer that Mary had. And 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 she's like, no, no, God, I don't want to be like Abraham. I don't want to be like Moses. I don't want to be like Gideon. I, I just want to have a family of my own, a nice warm bed to sleep, and a food on the table. I'm happy. It's with Joseph. So please, whatever you're going to say, please pick somebody else. And then the angel drops a bomb. Luke chapter 1, verse 30 says this, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will become, become, be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now this is like, a, like a, just a bomb just got dropped on her, right? Because, because she's engaged to Joseph. And she's wondering what Joseph's going to say when he finds out that she's pregnant. In Matthew's account of the birth, which is written for mostly a Jewish audience, Matthew 1.19 says this, Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, now here comes that, 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 
pesky little truth of the Christmas story again, right? Not only is Mary going to be called um, upon to sacrifice so much, but now also Joseph too. Joseph's involved in this now. Joseph's going to be known in the com- um, Joseph is going to be known in the community for his his uncompromising obedience to the law of Moses, right? Which says, um, you know, he Joseph he's he's a, he he didn't eat unclean foods. Um, he didn't mix and mingle with the wrong crowds. He's not gonna he's not gonna keep his carpentry shop open on the Sabbath just to make a few extra bucks. He's like a first century Chick Fil A, right? Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> There's no way you can invite Joseph over for ham sandwiches with tax collectors and prostitutes, right? The guy was righteous. It would have taken a a lot of hard work and commitment to get where Joseph is at this point. Every Jewish man wanted to be like Joseph. It's like a businessman who wants to be a CEO or an athlete who wants to make the all-star team. Simply put, Joseph has reached the pinnacle of his success. He's righteous. But now he's a righteous man with a problem. The, the woman he's engaged to just told him she's pregnant and knows there's, um, there's no way, and, and there's no way that, that he's the father, right? And he knows he's, gonna, he's going to ruin his whole reputation in the community. And I wonder if in his mind he, he sees a closed sign on the carpentry shop because no one's going to be trading with Joseph anymore. Joseph knows what the law says that he should do with Mary. And in Deuteronomy chapter 22, um, it explains that she shall be brought to the door of her father's house, and there the men of her town shall stone her to death. She has done an outrageous thing in Israel by being promiscuous while still in her father's house. The problem is that Joseph loves Mary, and he doesn't want to disgrace her. He's a good man, and so he decides to divorce her because that's, that's what the law says he should do, but he wants to do it quietly because he's a kind and righteous man. And finally, as Joseph has struggled through all of this, and the angel shows up at, to Joseph and says, Look, Joseph, as far-fetched as this whole thing says, as far-fetched as what Mary is saying, Mary's telling the truth. Matthew one twenty says this, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a moment. If he takes Mary home right now to be his wife, everybody's going to know something's up. Uh, they're going to stop trading with him at the carpentry shop, right? He, he's going to lose his status, his reputation, He's going to, he's going to, there's no way that the community is going to believe the whole thing happened from a virgin birth. They're just not going to believe it. Think about it. If Joseph starts telling people how Mary got pregnant through the Holy Spirit in the first century, you start talking like that, that's blasphemy. You would be killed. And not only would you lose your business, you would lose your life. I'm simply saying if Joseph commits to this baby, he's going to do, do this with enormous sacrifice. His life as a, as a Sadiq will be over. He will no longer be welcomed and, and admired and respected in his community. And all of this because God in a divine interruption that Joseph had no choice in. God's interruptions happen this way. You read your Bible, how often does an angel of the Lord appear and say, the Lord is with you. And now your life is going to be easier and, and more comfortable. Very rarely in the Bible does it say that. See, see, very rarely in the Bible does the task or work of God begin with a human agenda. 
where a bunch of angels get together with God at a board meeting and say, hey, I, my, I see my servant Andy uh, down there. Let's go down there and tell him um, we're going to make his life easier. It, and it's, it's all about convenience. We're going to aim to please him. Let's go. Let's roll. Let's do this. It doesn't happen like this. And there are some people here today, and God has spoken clearly to you. He's told you to get plugged in, and you need to start serving here at Huntsville Christian Church. He wants you to work with our, with our galaxy kids, or in our nursery, or with our, or with our fusion, with our teenagers, and you haven't. He's called you to adopt one of our Christmas prayers, children, and you haven't. He's called you to some sort of service here at HCC in our community, or, or he's called you to go on a mission trip and, 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 and bring God's word to the world, and, and you've kind of ignored his call to do so. Pastor and author Francis Chan says this in his book, Crazy Love. He says, if a guy were dating my daughter and he didn't, but didn't spend the gas money to come pick her up or refuse to buy her dinner because it cost too much, I would question whether he were really in love with her. In the same way, I question whether many American churchgoers are really in love with God because they, they, because they are so hesitant to do anything for him. And by the way, if you came here just to hear a, 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 health, like a health or wealth prosperity message, uh, you're not going to get one. Not here at, at Huntsville Christian Church. And uh, what you'll find, though, is the truth. When, when you give your life to God, you give your life to God and he owns you. When God wants you to do something great in your life, I promise you, the rug is going to be pulled out from under you. It's going to be inconvenient. Uh, so, sometimes your world's going to be turned upside down. All because, all because God wants to do something great in your life. And, and what really bothers me, though, about God, and it's all right to be bothered about God because we do get bothered by him, is the way he does it sometimes, right? Look what he does in verse 20 with Joseph. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Every time I read that, I feel, like, I feel for Joseph, man. I'm like, the, the operative word in this passage is after. Why couldn't God send the angel to Joseph first? Right? Joseph, don't be afraid. Stay, stay calm. But, but an angel is visiting Mary right now, and I'm visiting you, and the angels are telling Mary that she's pregnant, and by the Holy Spirit, don't, don't worry. Mary's going to come tell you, and, 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 and in the story, just believe her, right? She's, she's telling the truth. It's all God, right? But why couldn't God do that? Instead, I don't know how much time goes by, but, but a lot, I think, and, and Joseph is told, is told by Mary that she's pregnant, and it's, it's out of the blue. And I started thinking, is it possible that anxiety removal is not God's number one goal in your life? Is it possible that God, with this world having been turned upside down, is going to have to arrive at a new definition of righteousness? He's going to have to, he's going to have to, to, um, he's going to have, to have a new definition of righteousness, right? He's going to have to have great tension in his life right now because the law is going to tell him to stone her, but he knows his heart, and that isn't what real righteousness is. Real righteousness is forgiveness, love, mercy, grace, and not sending Mary back out into the streets, but he's torn. He's his practical experience is conflicting with his theology. He's all messed up. 
And God causes some of the greatest things to happen in your life when he orchestrates and fashions and intention uh, together. And you really have to think about, start thinking about things. I know as a, a minister just standing up here and, and, and dispensing information is not going to change any of you. It's, it's when you go out and live real life and, and remember what the word said, said and, and the victories begin to come. That, that the eyes are open, that the light shines. And I just wonder if there's a ministry at, at, at disequilibrium when you're thrown all out of whack and, and, and out of balance that God is taking you to, to a new area of growth that only, that, that only tension can occur. I just wonder for those of you experiencing something right now in your life and, and you're here and maybe you, you, you came to church this Christmas season because you're looking for answers. And I want you to think about it. Is it possible that whatever is, is going on in your life right now and maybe you're confused or disoriented or uncertain about the future, it's not because you did something wrong. It's because God wants to move you and grow you to see things the way he sees them. And maybe you need to, to run to God and, 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 and now away from him to look at this as a divine appointment and not a divine abandonment. To keep waiting for an angel to appear and explain things in, in, in a still small voice that occurs when you give your life to God. That you would actually trust God is going to do something special that you don't even know about right now but it's going to come later. Think about what happens in Joseph's life and, and Mary and the whole family. Look again in verse 24 when Joseph woke up. He did what the angel of the Lord commanded, and the passage tells us he did two things, right? Number one, he took Mary home, which meant he was publicly proclaiming Mary as his wife. Number two, second thing he did, the Bible says he named his child Jesus. When you name your child as the father, you are illegally adopting the, the, the child in Jewish culture. Joseph has tied his destiny to the lives of two stained reputations. This is, this is occupational suicide. The carpentry shop is going to close down. This costs Joseph everything. Do you notice we never hear from Joseph again? He's gone. He disappears. He's, he's an outcast. Later on in Jesus' ministry, uh, somebody looks at Jesus when he's teaching and says, and says, hey, isn't that the son of Mary? In first century culture, you always name the child and you refer to that child by the name of the father. Unless the father is despicable and considered to be an outcast. Joseph lost so much. Maybe God decided that Jesus, who would become a friend of sinners, would be raised in a family who knew what it would be like to be looked at as second-class citizens, spiritually speaking. Maybe the reasons Jesus ate with sinners, hung, hung out with the sinners, is he remembered what it was like to be treated like one because of the family in which he was raised. Maybe, maybe Jesus, the re, maybe, um, maybe the reason Jesus had such a heart for unrespectable people were because his father gave up his respectability for the sake of his son. And maybe Jesus had such a compassion for women who were walking scandals because he saw how much it meant to his mother when Joseph, his father, stayed by his mother's side when she was single and pregnant 
And all the righteousness religious people turned their noses in the air and walked away. Maybe the whole thing was planned by God. And that God was training Jesus through the life of, of his father Joseph and, and, and all the difficulties and the manner of which he would respond. And you say, wait a minute, Andy. Uh, are you saying to me that God might interrupt my life? Take me down a dangerous road for the sake of somebody else? Oh yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Because long after Joseph is gone, Jesus is going to stand up and preach a great sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And in that sermon, he's going to say, for I, tell you that, for I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. And I wonder if Jesus was thinking on the whole, on, on the inside, you guys, you religious people, I've seen a lot better righteousness than my dad. Love, mercy, grace, forgiveness. I know what righteousness is like. And you have to wonder if the real reason God allowed the family to have a sad, painful, disastrous, dangerous start was so that God could prepare Jesus for the salvation of the world. Would God do that in your life? You bet your life he would. Would he interrupt you like this? Allow some tension and, and stress? Would God allow your life to get a little bit difficult? Yep, he would. The difference between those who get angry and, and run away from God because they don't get what they want and those who magnify God, magnify God rather than their problems, it can be summed up like this. My response to divine interruption will be determined by my reason for living. It's so incredible to see Mary and Joseph respond this way. She's 13 years old. And this is what she writes. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in my God, my Savior. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Holy is his name. The purpose of this message is to show you that from the beginning, it, 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 if, if you're facing a problem right now, whatever it is, and it, you feel like God has interrupted your life, and things aren't going the way you planned, there's a phrase that you need to remember and that you need to know. Nothing is impossible with God. I don't know what situation or, or what condition you're in right now. You might be in a job that you hate, but you need it to pay the bills. Maybe you're without a job. Maybe you're fighting depression. You may be single and desperately wanting to be married. There may be something in your life that's not going well. And I don't know what it is, and, and I've got to tell you, there's, there's a lot about God I don't know. I don't know, but, but that doesn't change what I do know. And that is the, the time, this time, more than ever, that you need to pray. And you need to pray something that goes along the lines of this, Lord, I would not choose this for myself. This is not my initiative, but I will choose to embrace and serve you in the midst of all this. I will not let it defeat my spirit. I will serve you here and I will serve you now. I may not know what you're, you're doing or what you're preparing me for or what you're planning or, or I'm doing with all, all of this, but, but that doesn't change what I do know. That you work everything for the good. 
You hold all things together and you will never, ever let me go. That's what you need to pray right now. I can tell you this, whatever problem you're facing today, Mary's little boy can handle it. He tells the storm to stop and the storm stops. And he owns the storms in your life. He's down sleeping, right? And the boat's about to capsize. The disciples have to wake him up because he's at such peace. And you can have the same peace today. That baby Jesus grew up to be so amazing. He can handle whatever anxiety you're facing and stop, and stop that and stop looking that every time something bad happens in your life as divine abandonment or that you did something wrong because it might just be divine interruption. It was a few years ago that Christian um, singer-songwriter Stephen Curtis Chapman, uh, their oldest son was backing the SUV out of the driveway and ran over their five-year-old daughter and she died. As I've been following the story through the years because it continues to grow, the grieving that the Chapmans go through in the months that fouled were so severe. But they kept running to God. They kept trusting in God. They said, you know what? God gave us such a, per, a prevailing presence through the whole thing. And, and following that accident, Stephen came out with a, a, this, a new CD called Beauty Will Rise that many say was his best album ever because of the depth and meaning and the encouragement of the words for thousands and thousands of people. Maria's Big House of Hope, that was the, the name of the little girl that, that died. Maria's Big House of Hope, and, and it exists in China today. So many children are finding a home and being rescued from poverty and disease, and, and, some, and in some cases, death. Stephen Curtis Chapman's wife, Mary Beth, wrote a book called Choosing, Choosing the Sea, where she talks about how she discovered how, how God heals during times of emotional struggle. And I wonder, is it possible somewhere in a room, somewhere in the world, a bunch of people got together and they started praying about the children in China? For, and, and, and I wonder if God maybe just heard their prayer. It's so amazing to me that, that God has to use all of our free will dissensions for his good, rather than just make, make us do what he wants. Because he, he can't do that though, right? Because he can't make us do what he wants. That violates free will which violates love, which is the reason we were, we were created. Is it possible that God heard this prayer? Is it possible that he saw the events, the event to take place? He could have chosen to stop it, but he did not. Is it because there was something better in mind? Where's Maria now? She's in heaven with God. What happened to the Chapmans? They've experienced God in a way, that, in a way they've never before have experienced. And they will tell you now that what happened as a result of a series of, mis- un- of, of unfortunate circumstances, God has used for the good. I don't know everything about God. I can't. I'm not God. He's infinite. I'm finite. It doesn't change what I do know, that he promises to work things together for the good. I'm just asking you that whatever is going on in your life right now, I'm asking you to make a transition in harmony with the first Christmas story. This is not divine abandonment. It is a divine interruption to do something amazing in your life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, God, we thank you for Mary, God. We thank you for Joseph, and we, we thank you for the example they have set before us in our life. 
And God, right now, I know just know so many people are just going through a tough time. And God, for some of those people, God has just come down and interrupted their life. And God, I pray you use whatever situations they're going through right now for the good of your kingdom. God, you tell us that in scriptures. All things happen for the good. God, we are so thankful for that. God, we, we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.